Criswell Critics. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are bringing you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable soul who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about grave robbers from outer space? All of us on this earth know that there is a time to live and that there is a time to die. Yet death is always a shock to those left behind. It is even more of a shock when death, the proud brother, comes suddenly without warning. Just at sundown, a small group gathered in silent prayer around the newly opened grave of the beloved wife of an elderly man. Sundown of the day, yet also the sundown of the old man's heart. For the shadows of grief clouded his very reason. The funeral over the sand group left the graveside. It was when the grave diggers started their task that strange things began to take place. Fifteen to four. Yep, right on schedule. There's the old San Fernando Valley out there now. You better radio in for landing instructions, Danny. Right, Jeff. Burbank Tower, this is American Flight 812, over. Wouldn't surprise me any if he's asleep this time of morning. American Flight 812, this is Burbank Tower. If I were asleep, you'd never get on the ground. Your case, maybe you'd be up there for good, over. You got me that time, Mac? This is American Flight 812, requesting... Holy mackerel! Burbank Tower to American Flight 812, over. Trouble? Take a look for yourself. That's nothing from this world. Burbank Tower to American Flight 812, are you in trouble? Are you in trouble? Mayday! Mayday! Stand by, Burbank Tower! Do you suppose the passengers saw it? I doubt it. Most of them are asleep, but it was quite a jolt, Jeff. I'll check. Good, we'll get them ready for landing. Keep it quiet until we get instructions. Right. Okay, Danny. American Flight 812 reporting to Burbank Tower. Over. Later that night at the graveyard, two gravediggers go about their business, unaware that the grave they dig may be their own.
Did you hear anything? I thought I did. Don't like hearing noises, especially when there ain't supposed to be any. Sort of spooky-like. Maybe we're getting old. Whatever it is, it's gone now. That's the best thing for us, too. Gone. Yeah, let's go. The grief of his wife's death became greater and greater agony. The home they had so long shared together became a tomb. A sweet memory of her joyous living. The sky to which she had once looked was now only a covering for her dead body. The ever-beautiful flowers she had planted with her own hands became nothing more than the lost roses of her cheeks. Confused by his great loss, the old man left that home, never to return again. At the funeral of the old man, unknown to his mourners, his dead wife was watching. First his wife, then he. Tragic. Tell me something. Why was his wife buried in the ground and he sealed in a crypt? Something to do with family tradition. Now superstition of some sort. Oh. Well, it's getting dark. Let's be on our way. Then... As two of his mourners left the old man's final resting place, the girl discovers the gravedigger's corpses. <coughs> Minutes later, the police, led by Inspector Daniel Clay, arrived at the scene. Who found them? The man and girl. Medical examiner been around yet? Just left. Motor wagon ought to be along most any time. You get their statement? Yeah, as much as we could. They're pretty scared. Finding a mess like this ought to make anyone frightened. Have the boys take the guy and the girl back to town. You take charge. Okay, Inspector. What are you going to do? Look around a little. Pretty dark out there. Once you get beyond the range of those lights, you won't be able to see your hand in front of your face. I'll get one of the flashlights from the patrol cars. Okay, you be careful, Clay. <laughs> I'm a big boy now, Johnny. Looks like a bobcat tore into them. Yeah. Say, Lieutenant, did you get that funny odor? How could I miss it? Oh, that'll be the morgue wagon now. Across the cemetery at the home of pilot Jeff Trant and his lovely wife, Paula. That's the fifth siren in the last hour. Oh, uh, something's happened down at the cemetery. A lot of police cars and lights. So I stopped, but I didn't see anything. Oh, well, whatever it is, the morning paper will carry the whole story. You seem to still be up there somewhere. Maybe I am. I don't think I've ever seen you in this mood before. I guess it's because I've never been in this mood before. Something about your flight? Yeah. What happened, Jeff? I saw a flying saucer. A saucer? You mean the kind from up there? Yeah, or its counterpart. 
It was shaped like a huge cigar. Dan and Edith saw it too. When it passed over, the whole compartment lighted up with a blinding glare. Then there was a tremendous wind that practically knocked us off our course. Well, did you report it? Yeah, radioed in immediately. And they said, well, keep it quiet until you land. Then as soon as we landed, Big Army Brass grabbed us and made us swear to secrecy about the whole thing. It burns me up. These things have been seen for years. They're here. It's a fact. And the public ought to know about it. There must be something more you can do about it. Only there isn't. Oh, but what's the point of making a fuss? Last night I saw a flying object that couldn't possibly have been from this planet. But I can't say a word. I'm muzzled by army brass. Can't even admit I saw the thing. As if on cue, a dazzling series of lights and strong winds knock over the loving couple. Oh! On the other side of the cemetery, the police encountered the same unidentified flying object. Ah! The flying saucer even startles the brave Inspector Clay. Ah! Alone in the darkness, surrounded by headstones of the deceased, Inspector Clay encounters the old man and his wife, who are now deadly ghouls. Sounds like Clay's in trouble. That apparition we saw had something to do with it. Come on. The law enforcement officers run. Run, only to find their dead colleagues at the finish line. Is, is he dead? Yeah. He's messed up as bad as those two back there. Suppose the saucer, or whatever it was, had something to do with this? Your guess is as good as mine, Larry. But one thing's sure, Inspector Clay is dead. Murdered. And somebody's responsible. You're in charge now, Lieutenant. Yeah, guess I am. Kelton? Yes, sir? Get back up to the car and get on the radio. Tell the coroner he's got to make another trip out here. Well, how about the lab boys? Who do you think we left back at the car, Boy Scouts? Come on, Larry. Hear the music play, hear the women cry. Mourners come to pay their last respects to the beloved Inspector Daniel Clay. Greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for another. It is always difficult to have last words over the grave of a friend, and Inspector Daniel Clay was a friend. A dear friend to me and to all of us. The bell has rung upon his great career, now we lay him to rest. A rest well-deserved, but so premature. Creatures of the night have risen. Flying saucers land on American soil, and still the government keeps it a secret. Who is behind these macabre events? What is happening? Why are these strange occurrences taking place? How can we hope to survive this deadly peril? Brave Inspector Clay met his untimely demise trying to find answers to these questions. Who, my friends, will be next to fall? 
fall at the sinister clutches of grave robbers from outer space. People turning south on the freeway were startled when they saw three flying saucers high over Hollywood Boulevard. A woman, startled by the sight in the sky, telephones the police. There comes a time in each man's life when he can't even believe his own eyes. Saucers seen over Hollywood. Flying saucers seen over Washington, D.C. The army convoy moved into the field. Rockets were quickly set up. Colonel Tom Edwards, in charge of saucer field activities, was to make the greatest decision of his career. He made that decision. Colonel Edwards gave the signal to fire. Then, as swiftly as they had come, they were gone, even to the piercing eye of radar and the speeding jet fighters. Invasion, our army at war. What strange occurrences are happening in our own backyard? Greetings, my friend. Welcome back. Welcome back to the place where we shall uncover the truth and expose the lies behind flying saucer attacks. The truth behind the grave robbers who reanimate the dead to haunt the living. Dear Inspector Daniel Clay perished looking for the truth. Whom shall be the next victim? Heroic pilot Jeff Trent? His loving wife Paula? Even you may be in peril. Peril from Space Soldiers from Space Station 7. Quite a sight, wasn't it, sir? A sight I'd rather not be seen. Are you worried about them, sir? Well, they must have a reason for their visits. Visits? Well, that would indicate visitors. Are big guns the usual way of welcoming visitors? We haven't always fired at them. Oh. For a time, we tried to contact them by radio, but no response. Then they attacked a town. A small town, I'll admit, but nevertheless, a town of people. People who died. I never heard about that, sir. Well, it was covered up by the higher echelon. Take any fire, any earthquake, any major disaster, then wonder. Flying saucers, Captain, are still a rumor, officially. Looks like we beat them off again, sir. What do they want? Where are they from? Where are they going? They, sir? Who? Aha, this is a training maneuver, sir. We only did a little practice firing at the clouds. Yeah. I wonder what their next move will be. What will their next move be? Face that mysterious unknown. What civilizations have risen and fallen among the stars before mankind had even invented the wheel? The ruler sits in Space Station 7, pondering how his agents have dealt with the crisis on the planets we call Earth. 
Your space commander has returned from Earth. Send him in. You have your report. We had to pull in here to Space Station 7 for regeneration. We're returning to planet Earth immediately thereafter. What progress has been made? We contacted government officials. They refuse our existence. What plan will you follow now? Plan 9. It's been absolutely impossible to work through these Earth creatures. Their soul is too controlled. Plan 9? Ah, yes. Plan 9 deals with the resurrection of the dead. Long-distance electrodes shot into the pinion pituitary glands of recent dead. Have you attempted any of this plan as yet? Yes, Excellency. How successful has it been? We have risen two so far. We shall be just as successful on more. The living. They have no suspicion of your movements? We had to dispose of one policeman. However, none of those risen have been seen. At least, not by anyone who still remains alive. It's too bad it must be handled this way. But it must. Those who take from the grave will lead the way to our other operations. Yes, Excellency. Continue on. Report to me in two Earth days. I feared His Excellency wouldn't take our report this well. Had he been dealing with our own people, his reaction would have been completely different. He understands the difficulties of the Earth race. What do you think will be the next obstacle the Earth people put in our way? Well, as long as they can think, we'll have our problems. But those whom we are using cannot think. They are dead, brought to a simulated life by our own electrode guns. You know, it's an interesting thing when you consider the Earth people who can think are so frightened by those who cannot, the dead. Well, our ship should be regenerated. We better get started. At the abode of Jeff and Paula Trent, Jeff makes one last plea to his beautiful bride. I still think you ought to go into town and stay with your mother until I get back. This is our home and nothing's going to take me from it. Besides, most men try and keep their wives from going home to mama. That's not the point. That's all the point there's going to be. Now toddle off and fly your flying machine, darling. But if you see any more flying saucers, Will you tell them to pick another house to buzz? Hmm, be careful. Don't worry about me. Uh, you're the only thing I do worry about. Uh, forget the flying saucers. They're up there. There's something in that cemetery, and that's too close for comfort. The saucers are up there, and the cemetery's out there. But I'll be locked up in there. Hmm, now off to your wild blue yonders. You'll promise you'll lock the doors immediately? I promise. Besides, I'll be in bed before half an hour is gone with your pillow beside me. My pillow? Well, I have to have something to keep me company while you're away. Sometimes in the night when it does get a little lonely, I reach over and touch it. Then it doesn't seem so lonely anymore. Crazy kid. I do love you, darling. Mm. See you Thursday. Goodbye, honey.
You know I'm not leaving here until you're locked safely inside. All right, darling. If you're especially nice, I may even lock the side door. And be sure you keep the yard lights on. You're mighty silent this trip, Jeff. Huh? You haven't spoken ten words since takeoff. I uh, guess I'm preoccupied, Danny. We've got 33 passengers back there that have time to be preoccupied. Flying this flybird doesn't give you that opportunity. I guess you're right, Danny. Paula? Yeah? There's nothing wrong between you two? Oh no, nothing like that. Just that I'm worried. She being there alone and those strange things flying over the house. Those incidents in the graveyard these past few days. It's just got me worried. Well, I haven't figured out those crazy skybirds yet. But I'll give you 50 to 1 odds the police have cleared out that cemetery thing by now. I hope so. If you're really that worried, Jeff, why don't you radio in and find out? Max should be on duty at the field by now. He could call Paula and relay the message to you. Hi, Edie. Hi, Silence. I haven't heard a word from this end of the plane since we left the field. Jeff's been giving me and himself a study in silence. You boys are feuding? Oh, uh, no, Edie. Nothing like that. Hey, Edie. How about you and me balling it up in Albuquerque? Albuquerque? Have you read that flight schedule, boy? What about it? We land at Albuquerque at 4 a.m. That's strictly a 9 o'clock town. Well, I know this friend that'll help us, and... Let's have a problem first. Huh, Danny? Ah, uh, he's worried about Paula. I read about that cemetery business. I tried to get you kids not to buy too near one of those things. We'll get there soon enough as it is. He thought it'd be quiet and peaceful there. No doubt about that. It's quiet, all right. Like a tomb. I'm sorry, Jeff. That was a bad joke. Say, I almost forgot what I came in here for. How's the coffee situation? Mmm, that's for me. That sure wouldn't hurt anything, Edie. Okay. I'll be right back. And say, Jeff, make that call to your wife. Hmm. Not only will she throw cold water on my Albuquerque plan, but now she's repeating herself. How about that Albuquerque ball? I can't resist your charm, Danny boy. One accepts the grave to be a place of eternal slumber. But on this night, Inspector Clay wakes from his slumber as one of the undead. Residents near the cemetery paid little attention to the blast of thunder and the flash of lightning, but from the blast arose the moving figure of the dead old man. Hello? Who? Mac? Well, hi, Mac. I'm sure I'm alright. I just fell asleep. Tell Jeff I'm alright. Okay, Mac. Thanks for calling. Paula places the phone on the receiver, when all of a sudden, her bedroom door slowly creaked open. That once loving old man who mourned his wife is now a ghoul out of his final resting place and out for blood. Paula escapes her ghastly tormentor. Rising from the darkness like a vampire, the old man's wife joins in the chase. <laughs> he once swore to serve and protect. Now the once heroic Inspector Clay is a ghoul out for the blood of the innocent. Out for Paula Trent. Uh... Uh...
Skeleton has other plans for Paula Trent. As former Calder sees the hapless heroine streaking across the road in dismay, Mrs. Trent faints. Mrs. Trent! Mrs. Trent! What's wrong? As Farmer Calder places the unconscious Paula Trent in his automobile, the ghoul Inspector Clay arises on the scene. Come on and start. We gotta get out of here. The farmer and pilot's wife barely escape with their lives, while not too far away in the cemetery, the soldiers from space plan in their spacecraft. They'll be at the hatch in a moment. You can open it now, Tana. Emerging from the hatch, the ghoul and Specter Clay, accompanied by the old man's vampiric wife, pounce on Eros, <coughs> showing no mercy in their attack. <coughs> Turn off the electrodes, quickly! They can't tell us from anyone else! The undead pair are once again subdued. The alien overlords once again in control. Back at the cemetery near the Trent household, the police continue their search. It's tough to find something when you don't know what you're looking for. I don't think the lieutenant does either. Then what are you doing out here? I was off duty an hour ago. Uh, don't ask me any questions. I'm just a hard hat just like you. What do you suppose that noise was? Whatever it was, it's no more strange than the other things happened around the cemetery. Spirits, like old Farmer Calder talked about. Maybe. The only spirits he saw tonight were those I smelled on his breath. Well, don't forget, Mrs. Trent claims to have seen them too. She didn't have anything on her breath. She was hysterical. Well, true. She was frightened in a state of shock. But don't forget that torn nightgown and the scratched feet. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I guess that's why you're a detective, Lieutenant. I'm still a uniformed cop. Sometimes it's only the brakes, Larry. In the meantime, let's get... Lieutenant, Lieutenant, did you hear that? How could we help it? It sure was strange. Know what it was? No more than you do. If it weren't for orders, I'd get out of here right now. Was a saucer. A flying saucer? What makes you say that? You remember the noise we heard the other night? We were knocked to the ground. Exactly, but you're not remembering that sound. There you're wrong, Lieutenant. I'm with the fact the sound is similar. But what about the blinding light? How could I forget? Well, haven't you heard? Many times a saucer hasn't had a glow or a light of any kind for that matter. That proves it. What's next, Lieutenant? Oh, Lieutenant, maybe this doesn't mean much, but Jamie and me found a grave that looks like it's been busted into. What? Where? Why, uh, why? Come on, man out with it. We haven't got all day to waste. Just over there, beyond the crypt. All right, show us the way. Look, here it is, Lieutenant. It's been broken into, all right. Strange. If someone had broken in, the dirt should be piled up here somewhere. It looks like it's fallen into the grave. Larry, you'll be out of that uniform before you know it. Do we have the right to look down here, Lieutenant? Ah, technically no. No? Well, this spot looks familiar, though. We shouldn't investigate any further without the permission of next kin. Let's go get it. How? Well, let's go down and find out whose grave it is. How? By going down and finding out. 
Are you sure you mean that, Lieutenant? If I didn't mean it, I wouldn't have said it. Scared? Well, why do I always get hooked up with these spook details? Monsters, graves, bodies. Oh, all right. Casket's here, but nobody's in it. Can you read the name on the casket? It's too dark. Uh, Give me a flashlight. How about a match? We sure could try it. Let me have them. Okay. It's Inspector Clay's grave, but he ain't in it. Where's the body of Inspector Clay? As soon as one mystery is revealed, many others are on Earth. Will mankind prevail against space soldiers from Space Station 7? Greetings, my friend. If you are like me, you yearn to unravel the mysteries that plague our times. Behind every disaster, every catastrophe lies a secret truth which the governments of the world have hidden from its very citizens. Hidden from you, oh my friend, on this adventure we have seen space soldiers. We have seen dead risen from the grave with alien technology and turned into deadly ghouls. What more have we yet to discover, my friend? Join me for this next installment, my friend, for I predict that the answer's out here, somewhere. Over in Washington, D.C., there sits a secret room at the Pentagon, which keeps the secret truth from the American people. Try G2. Come in, yes. Of course, I'll keep in touch. Come in, Colonel Edwards. Thank you, sir. Sit down. I understand, Colonel. You've been on tap for many of our saucer attacks. I'm in charge of field operations, sir. You believe there are such things as flying saucers, Colonel? Yes, sir. You've seen them? Yes, sir. You realize there's a government directive stating that there is no such thing as a flying saucer? Yes, sir. You stand by your statement that you've seen flying saucers? Well, yes, sir. This could mean a court-martial, admitting this against direct orders. General Roberts, may I speak freely? You may. How could I hope to hold down my command if I didn't believe in what I saw and shot at? I like you, Colonel. Thank you, sir. There are flying saucers. There's no doubt they are in our skies. They've been there for some time. What are we going to do about them? Who knows? Then they really are there. I thought you were convinced of that. I am. We've had contact with them. Contact? How? Radio. They speak our language? Well, not quite. We received messages from their spaceships. For a while, it came in as just a lot of jumbled noise. And now, sir? Well, since they first tried contact with us by radio, we've developed a language computer, a machine that breaks down any language to our own. General, what's this all got to do with me? Well, you've been in charge of saucer field activity for a long while. I think it's about time you heard these recordings. Do you mind? Mind? I'm anxious. This is Eros, a space soldier from a planet of your galaxy. I fully realize our language differences However, I also know you will finally have perfected the dictorobatory, or as you on Earth put it, the language computer. So you can now understand that which I speak. Since the beginning of your time, we have been far beyond your planet. It has taken you centuries to even grasp what we have developed eons of your years ago. 
Do you still believe it impossible we exist? You didn't actually think you were the only inhabited planet in the universe. How can any race be so stupid? Permit me to set your mind at ease. We do not want to conquer your planet, only save it. We could have destroyed it long ago if that had been our aim. Our principal purpose is friendly. I admit we have had to take certain means which you might refer to as criminal, but that is because of your big guns which have destroyed some of our representatives. If you persist in denying us our landings, then we must only accept that you do not want us on friendly terms. We then have no alternative but to destroy you before you destroy us. With your ancient juvenile minds, we have developed explosives too fast for your minds to conceive what you were doing. You are on the verge of destroying the universe. We are part of that universe. This is our last... That's the end of that one. Atmospheric conditions in outer space often interfere with transmitting. How many of these recordings do you have, General? And even doesn't up to now. This was the last one. Received it over a month ago. Do you think they mean business? We can't afford to take any chances. Come over here. You ever been to Hollywood? Oh, a couple of times. A few years ago. You're going to be there in the morning. Just a few minutes from Hollywood, in the town of San Fernando. Reports have come in of flying saucers. Flying so low, the exhaust knocked people to the ground. Major Carlson will place you while you're out there. You're the best man for the job of attempting to contact them. Find them, Colonel. See what in the hell it is they want. All right, sir. These are confidential reports, Colonel. Read them over carefully on the plane. Turn them over to intelligence when you get to Los Angeles. They'll have further orders for disposition. Yes, sir. Colonel Edwards? Yes, sir. Good luck. Thank you, sir. Space Station 7, galactic headquarters of the ruler who anxiously awaits the report from his space soldiers, Eros and Tana. We are ready to report, Excellency. You are many days late. It was unavoidable. We tried to transmit via televisor, but atmospheric conditions made transmission impossible. You should have transmitted as soon as conditions permitted. I thought time was of the essence. Suspicion had fallen upon our movements. Our ships had been viewed near the point of operations. And what has this added time gained, Eros? We have successfully risen three of the dead ones. Permit me to see one. Bring in the big one. Use your small electrode gun. Eros. <laughs> I have taken two ships from your command. But that will leave only my ship. It is necessary that you continue your mission alone. I have need of your other ships elsewhere. Even though you have risen three of the Earth dead, the plan is far from successful. And you, Eros, must prove it an operational success before more time, energy, and ships, and your countrymen may be spent on it. We will not fail. Everything is on our side. Not everything. You do not have the live Earth people. You reported that your ship was viewed at scene of your present operations? That is correct. They have been viewed many Time, but not at the scene of operations. Something must be done about that. The ruler asked for a demonstration of the unliving ghouls. 
Little did he expect the bulking mass of an undead Inspector Clay. Stop him, Tanner! He's close enough! Turn off your electric gun! The creature does not stop. His menacing presence advances ever forward, ever deadly. No! No! Stop him, Tanner! I can't get it! It's jammed! Stop him, you fool! Drop the gun to the floor, Tanner. The metal will break contact. The ghoul stops, dead in its tracks. That was too close. Yes! Bring the giant here, that I may get a better look at him. Yes, he's a fine specimen. Are they all this powerful on planet Earth? This one is an exception, Excellency. What are the other two like? One is a woman, the other an old man. An old man, you say? Yes, Excellency. This gives me a plan. Put the big one away. Pick up your electro gun. Make sure it's in working order before pointing it at him. Whatever made it jam must have been cleared by the fall. Take him back to the ship. The old one must be sacrificed. Reland on Earth, send the old one to enter a dwelling. Then cut the electrokinetic and turn on your ship's decomposure ray. The result will astound those watching. Astound them enough to delay their attention until you have gained your other recruits from the cemetery. Yes, Excellency. It will be done. Report to me when this has been accomplished, Eros. The Earth people are getting close to which we fear. Since they will not listen or respect our existence, they cannot help but believe our powers when they see their own dead walking around again, brought about by our advancement in such things. As soon as you have enough of the dead recruits, march them on the capitals of the earth. Let nothing stand in your way. Their own dead will be used to make them accept our existence and believe in that fact. At home, Jeff and Paula await a visitor from the Pentagon. Mr. and Mrs. Trent, this is Colonel Edwards from Washington, D.C. Good evening, Colonel. Hello, Colonel. Colonel, I'd like to ask you a few questions. Questions? What about, Colonel? May I sit down? Oh, I'm sorry. Please do. I want to ask you about your strange experience the other night, when you saw the flying saucer. Pilot Jeff Trent recounts his terrifying ordeal. After that, the police brought me home. I hope I never see such a sight again. Well, after your description, I don't think I'd want to see it either. One more thing. After you were forced to the ground by the blast of wind, was it a hot or cold blast? Uh, it's kind of hard to explain. It wasn't hot. It wasn't cold. It was just a terrific force. We couldn't get off the ground. The light blinded me so badly I couldn't see a thing. We could only feel the pressure of the wind until it was gone. 
When the glare left us, we could see a glowing ball disappearing off in the distance. Which way? Towards the cemetery. From his hidden flying saucer, Eros fires a beam, summoning the malevolent figure of the old man. This is the most fantastic story I've ever heard. And every word of it's true, too. That's the fantastic part of it. Colonel, we found a lot of suspicious things on that cemetery. Then again, didn't find anything to base a fact or suspicion on. Hey, do you hear anything? You see anything out there, Kelton? Too dark, Lieutenant. But something started stinking awful bad. There's something out there. Under the power of its alien master, the ghoulish old man seizes upon its hapless human prey. It's the one from the other night! Bullets have no effect. However, Eros simply turns on the decomposure ray. Transforming that once unstoppable creature into a pile of bones. What do you make of that? You got me. It didn't look that way a minute ago. What about your man? In the excitement, I forgot all about Kelton. He'll be alright in a few minutes. I passed out. Did you see that thing? Did you get it? We got it. What was it? It didn't fall. I fired every bullet I had. So did I. I don't know what it was or what happened. But, unless that bag of bones there can reassemble itself, it's out of the running now. Not long after, our valiant protagonists escort Colonel Edwards to the cemetery. (laughs) Colonel, I've been out here so often you'd think I'd take a lease on this place. Not a long lease, I hope. I see what you mean, but you know, I can't help but feel the answers out here somewhere. Is the girl safe? Mrs. Trent, you better stay with the car. Stay here alone? Not on your life. Modern women. Yeah, they've been that way all down through the ages. Especially in a spot like this. (laughs) Kelton. Yes, sir? Stay with Mrs. Trent. All right, Lieutenant. Now you stay close to the officer, honey. I feel safer with you. Now the lieutenant knows best. Oh, I don't like it, but I guess there isn't much I can do about it. You have a gun? No. Know how to use one? After four years in the Marine Corps? Here. You think we'll need these? You never can tell. Let's get going. What do you expect to find out here? Well, there's only one answer to that, Mr. Trent. We'll know when we find it. Inspector Clay's grave is right over there. Is that the one you told me was broken into? Yes. this it? Yep. Looks to me like someone had broken out instead of in. I figured that, but that's impossible. Look, Colonel, some things just can't happen. Yeah, well, after that apparition that was draped across Mr. Trent's patio, I would say we should keep our minds open to anything. They'll discover our ship soon. You're going to let them find us? It's the only way. These are the same men who have been so close, so often. They must be halted before they can inform others about us. But there were others in the car. They'll be taken too. Send the big one to get the girl and the policeman. 
I'll turn on the dictorobatary so we may converse with them. You know, maybe we're barking up the wrong tree. One thing a policeman learns, Mr. Trent, is patience. Where's that burn spot you mentioned? Right over the... Look! We'll investigate, but move carefully. Out from the shadows strikes the unliving Inspector Clay. One mighty blow, the ghoulish behemoth knocks out Patrolman Kelton. Now one can stop the ghoul from kidnapping poor Paula Trent. The terror, the horror, oh my friend, Mrs. Trent is in the clutches of heartless killers from outer space. Can our whirling, turning, churning earth Last out the night, will anyone save us from the space soldiers of Space Station 7? I predict all of your questions will be answered. Until then, watch the skies. The end is here. Plans have been hatched. Secrets kept and secrets revealed, the fate of humanity rests in the hands of the small collection of individuals presented here before you. My friends, our journey is over. Will humanity survive? At the cemetery, Jeff Trent, accompanied by Colonel Tom Edwards and Lieutenant Harper, discover a truth previously kept unknown to mankind. They discover a flying saucer. The saucer's occupants, space soldiers Eros and Tana, observe these Earthlings, and the next decision they make will forever change the destiny of the universe. A moment or two more, and you will be the first live Earth people to enter a celestial ship. Wow, how could anything that big hide for so long a time? Never heard metal sound like that before. What do you see? Only my reflection. Must be some kind of one-way glass. How do you get into this thing? I'm not sure, I want to find out. They're just outside. You can open the outer hatch now. Look out! You going in that thing? That's what we're here for. I don't know. The way these things speed around, we might just get in there and pfft, off it goes. That's a chance we take. Well, I took a chance on one of those early airplanes. Might just as well see what the inside of one of these looks like. Got your guns ready? I'll tell you one thing. The little green man jumps out at me. I'm shooting first and asking questions later. They're in the outer chambers now. Eros, do we have to kill them? Yes. It seems like such a waste. Well, wouldn't it be better to kill a few now, than with their meddling permit them to destroy the entire universe? You're always right, Eros. Of course. But those are not my words. Those are the words of the ruler. Now you two stay right where you're at. We will do as you command, for the moment. No, for the moment about it. 
You just do as I tell you. You do not need guns. Maybe we think we do. They would be of no use to you now. They've been mighty useful before on flesh and blood, and you two look like you got a lot of both. True, they would be effective upon us. If you were to have the opportunity to use them... Mister, if you don't get away from that control board, I'll show you just how effective they can be. Shall we talk now, or wait? Your friends will be here shortly. What friends? Those you left at the vehicle. If you've done anything to Paula... Take it easy, Mr. Trent. Oh, I assure you, no harm has come to her. Would you like to see... Jeff Trent fires his pistol at the control board. Next time you try that, I won't aim at the board. You're a headstrong young man. I was only going to turn on the televisor so you could see her movements. Go ahead, my friend, but move very carefully. The televisor beams an image of the frightening walking corpse of Inspector Clay carrying Paula Trent in its massive, bulking hands. She's only fainting. You fiend! I, a fiend? I am a soldier of our planet. I, a fiend? We did not come here as enemies. We came only with friendly intentions. To talk. To ask your aid. Our aid? Yes, your aid for the whole universe. But your governments of Earth refused even to accept our existence. Even though you've seen us, heard our messages, you still refuse to accept us. Why is it so important that you want to contact the governments of our Earth? Because of death. Because all you on Earth are idiots. Now you just hold on, Buster. No, you hold on. First was your firecracker. A harmless explosive. Then your hand grenade. You began to kill your own people a few at a time. Then the bomb. Then a larger bomb. Many people are killed at one time. Then your scientists stumbled upon the atom bomb, split the atom, then the hydrogen bomb, where you actually explode the air itself. Now you can arrange the total destruction of the entire universe served by our sun. The only explosion left is the Solaronite. Why, there's no such thing perhaps to you, but we've known it for centuries. Your scientists will stumble upon it as they have all the others, but the juvenile minds which you possess will not comprehend its strength until it's too late. You're way above our heads. The Solaronite is a way to explode the actual particles of sunlight. Why, that's impossible. Even now your scientists are working on a way to harness the sun's rays. The rays of sunlight are minute particles. Is it so far from your imagination they cannot do as I've suggested? Why, a particle of sunlight can't even be seen or measured. Can you see or measure an atom? Yet you could explode one. A ray of sunlight is made up of many atoms. So what if we do develop this solaronite bomb? We'd be even a stronger nation than now. Stronger? You see? You see? Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid! That's all I'm taking from you. Jeff Trent punches Eros. <laughs> the alien flings backward into a nearby table. Get back here, you jerk! Let him finish. It's because of men like you that all must be destroyed. Headstrong, violent, no use of the mind God gave you. You talk of God? You also think it impossible that we too might think of God? You who wear the uniform of your country? You see, I wear the uniform of my country. Yes, we've had to use drastic means to get to you, but you left us no alternative. When you have the Solaronite, you have nothing. 
nor does the universe. You speak of Salaronite, but just what is it? Take a can of your gasoline. Say this can of gasoline is the sun. Now, you spread a thin line of it to a ball representing the earth. Now, the gasoline represents the sunlight, the sun particles. Here we saturate the ball with the gasoline, the sunlight. Then we put a flame to the ball. The flame will speedily travel around the earth, back along the line of gasoline to the can or the sun itself. It will explode this source and spread to every place that gasoline or sunlight touches. Explode the sunlight here, gentlemen. You explode the universe. Explode the sunlight here and a chain reaction will occur direct to the sun itself and to all the planets that the sunlight touches to every planet in the universe. This is why you must be stopped. This is why any means must be used to stop you in a friendly manner or as it seems you want it. He's mad. Mad? Is it mad that you destroy other people to save yourselves? You have done this. Is it mad that one country must destroy another to save themselves? You have also done this. How then is it mad that one planet must destroy another that threatens its very existence? That's enough. In my land, women are for advancing the race, not for fighting men's battles. Life is not so expansive on my planet. We don't cling to it like you do. Our aim is for the development of our planet. What happened to you? How come you're all alone? I asked for lots of help. He sounded drunk or something on the radio. If I didn't see it with my own eyes, I would have never believed it. Believe what? It was horrible. And he almost broke my shoulder. Look, what are you trying to say? If you don't make sense, we'll never get to the bottom of this. Now, who slugged you? Inspector Clay. What? It was Clay, all right. Only not like how we remembered him. Well, his grave was busted into, wasn't it? Next, you'll tell me you saw a skeleton. We did, earlier. Now I know you're off, your rocker. All of us saw the lieutenant, the colonel, everybody. Where's the lieutenant now? We've got to find them. Mrs. Trent is gone. I was left here to guard her. Then Clay showed up and put me out of the running. And the second time tonight that I'm getting darn tired of it. Uh, which way were they going? Oh, that way. Come on! Then one day it could all be gone in one big puff of smoke and ball of fire. All of that out there, the stars, the planets, all just empty void. You two had better come along with us. Come with you? Where? The police station. So it seems you think you have the upper hand. <laughs> Look out there! <laughs> Jeff. She is unharmed, but he would kill her in seconds if I so choose. Holy cow! Look there! <clears throat> it's Clay, alright? There's no mistaking that! And he's got Mrs. Trent! Get your gun ready! 
From all I've seen tonight, guns won't do any good. Clay is dead and we buried him. How are we going to kill somebody that's already dead? Dead! And yet there he stands. That other one earlier, I emptied a full clip into him. I'm seeing it. That's the only reason I'm listening to you. Look, I've got an idea. Hurt him or not? We got to try something. I'm going to sneak up behind him and whop him over the head. That ought to make him move. Follow me. Even when Clay was alive, he couldn't run fast enough to catch me. So when he does, you grab Mrs. Trent and run like lightning in the opposite direction. Oh, you think it'll work? Uh, know anything else to try? <coughs> Mrs. Trent? Oh, I'll be alright. Take care of the others. You men have felled the big one. This can only happen because the electrode ray is off. He'll walk again when I turn it on. Hold it right there. Suppose the lieutenant, the others are in that thing. Well, suppose there are Martians or something in there. Come on, let's go. Open up in there! Open up! Get that door open. Colonel, I wouldn't know one switch from another. Hold up, Eros. I have the ship in the air in a minute. Get out of here, Jeff. The ship's on fire. As the flying saucer burns, our heroes escape into the night. Eros! Eros, everything's on fire! You're hurt! Hurry up! Wake up, Eros! Eros! Eros, wake up! Wake up! Eros! Eros, wake up! Eros! God, wake up! I wonder if that's the last we'll see of them. Perhaps. But sooner or later there'll be others. Outside the spaceship, they discover the skeletal remains of the ghoulish Inspector Daniel Clay. Have they caught that woman? That thing yet? Hey, that's right. There's another ghoul running loose. And it's my guess she'll look like him. With the ship and the ray gun gone, they'll have no control. We gotta hand it to them, though. They are far ahead from us. Fire! Eros! Eros, wake up! My friend, you will have seen the incidents based on sworn testimony. Can you prove that it didn't happen? Perhaps on your way home, someone will pass you in the dark, and you will never know it, for they will be from outer space. Many scientists believe that another world is watching us at this moment. We once laughed at the horseless carriage, the aeroplane, the telephone, the electric light, the vitamin, the radio, and even television. And now some of us laugh at outer space. God help us in the future. The end. Broadcast in El Paso, USA. Bob Tells.